Hello, Bob. Hello, Gary. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Garland Pepper Show. This is Bob Androvich. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, that's very good. Oh, good. So, Bob Androvich, I had to have a, I was trying to get a Sacramento, uh, uh, you know, vibe on that, (laughs) you know. Um, So, this is Bob Androvich. Bob is a businessman. He is a author, an author of of baseball books. He's also way into music. Um, When you first meet Bob, you'll notice he has just sparkly bright eyes, an affable smile. And you can just tell when you're looking at him that this guy's got a lot going on in his head. (laughs) And I welcome Bob. Bob and I have only met on a few occasions and mentioning art. uh, They've all been art occasions. Uh, Excuse me. I'm going to step towards the back door where you're going to start to hear the mower. All right. And I'm going to close said back door and kind of make it a little quieter in the house. Um. My wife is mowing the lawn. We tore up the backyard this last weekend, and uh, it's a mess out there. And I think the only refuge she can have is this little spot being mowed nicely (laughs) at this point because the rest of it is just, it's a pile. We moved two buildings, two buildings, put up a fence, like a whole bunch of stuff. Man, oh man, ambitious. Yeah, yeah. But that's, this isn't about me, Bob. This is about you. And I read your story, and I think it's an interesting story. Well, thank you. Um, so, and I, and I, I really do want to thank you for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Wow, what a pleasure. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm just working it out, and to have somebody of your stature come on and uh, kind of you know, give me the time with as little time as we've known each other. Um, you probably had to ask Debbie, which, which one is Gary? Oh, no, I recall meeting a few times and she was going, oh, yeah, Gary throws this wild party. We've got to go sometimes. And we've been invited, but it's just been, you know, we've either been in Sacramento or we've been doing some art stuff, whatever. It's just never worked Yeah. Out. So here we are in the Garland Pepper Show. We are here on the Garland Pepper Show, and I welcome you. Um, so where were you born, Bob? I was born in Sacramento, California. Yeah. Yeah, 100 years ago. Yeah, 1951, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. So. I was born in the same valley. Oh, really? For, further south, yeah. Just, uh, what, 11 years after you, maybe? Yeah, where? Yeah, where 62. What town? Uh, Modesto. Oh, my mom was from Modesto. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a lot of relatives in Modesto, actually. Yeah, it's it's an interesting place. I mean, a real agricultural-driven area there. Yeah. But now, it, you know, but it was kind of a metropolitan in the middle of nowhere back in the day, as I recall, as a kid, you know, looking out the windows and seeing. Yeah, it was a pretty well-developed city for being out there in the middle of nowhere. That's true. It was uh, a bit isolated. So Sacramento, Sacramento is a is a whole lot going on. There's just Sacramento's like very multicultural it it really is, you know, and I loved that about Sacramento. It was a, uh, it is a uh, crazily uh, developing city right now, you know. Yeah. The, the last uh, six seven years have been uh, um, remarkable, really. I was I actually it just blew my mind so much. I just said, man, I'm getting out of here. It was like really like oh, they're doing the same. They're going up. 
Are they going up? Sure. What's happening? Well, the uh, the bass, you know, the Sacramento Kings needed mm-hmm. a new arena, and so um, they developed a uh, an arena and all of the things that go with a new arena. You know, lots of restaurants and uh, right housing, all right in an area in an area that was pretty blighted. Uh huh. Sure. It, uh, Cheap property. Yes. And they came in at the right time, you know, made a sweet deal with the city. It, it really worked. It's hugely successful, but it really changed the whole fabric of the downtown midtown uh, area. Yeah. Which is where I lived. And it was, I mean, it was cool. I mean, it made it really cool if I was 30 years younger. <laughs> but. Right, right. I, you know, I don't know that I care for the new super big architecture stuff i i you know i guess stadiums need to exist people like to get together and watch events and feel like they're part of something yeah certainly you know and i was uh i don't know if i put this i probably didn't even put it in my uh, bio i sent you but i went to over 700 sacramento kings games in a row home game like what (laughs) 20 years worth man I was like, uh, you are a sports fan. I was, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I'd, that's something I don't think I even mentioned, but yeah, I, I, I've been lucky in my whole life to be able to go to like, uh, really cool sporting events. Uh-huh. So, the first world series game I got to go to was the seventh game of the world series between the Yankees and the giants. You know, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And being wow. a fan of both teams, it was beyond belief so, that I was there, you know. So were you one of those kids that collected cards and stuff? Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was real hooked up. Uh, he was a hooked up he was a you know successful business guy and a big gambler in Lake Tahoe. So mm-hmm. he knew uh he knew all the big wigs, every big wig at Harris Club. So we always got hooked up with really cool sporting events tickets and entertainment. Nice. And yeah. So I, I grew up around a lot of uh, old time uh, showbiz, uh, you know, going to floor shows and stuff up at Lake Tahoe and uh, going to really cool sports events just by. So your dad just utilized his, his business to kind of keep those contacts yeah well he gambled that's how he kept his oh contacts. he was like a big time gambler uh there was a book written about harris club and he uh, by a couple of the employees and he was indexed in it indexed <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. shit yeah. you know that's such a sad fucking it's, disease isn't man. that terrible <laughs> oh it's the worst fucking disease it's not the worst there's a lot worse but i gotta tell you I worked in that industry for 20, 21 years up until a month ago. I was in the, in the business of lottery. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and I was a trainer for new businesses and, you know, lotteries got me in a conundrum here in Oregon because they really do support things that I really think are important, like education, state parks, economic development. I mean, these things, so there's the good side of the rainbow, right? The dark side is the people falling inside. Oh, yeah. Can't get out. And that's really, really, really hard. That was really... Every day, that was always my 
my little kind of Buddhist reality where it's just like, you know, it sucks. I'm adding to the suffering, but I will suffer if I don't. <laughs> you know, if you don't, if you don't kick them while they're down, uh, everybody else will kick uh, you. I don't, I don't even know. I don't uh, even know. That's good. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to get to a lot of cool events. Thanks to my dad. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was, uh, lots of fun. Yeah. So sports, music, uh, art, uh, graphic images, you know, that was, I, you know, I got bombarded with graphics my whole life, which kind of how I got led to, uh, you know, being an artist, but, uh, so my brother did the same thing. He has Fox Blue, or he had Fox Blue printing. No kidding. Um, yeah, in Salem for years and years. Oh, wow. um, and there is something to be said about being slammed with image after image through frames of different reference. Uh, just seeing plans all day long, yeah. and and just you know, he was like, I don't know anything about architecture. I'm too. You know more about architecture than almost all the architecture you're working for. <laughs> Uh, but he doesn't know enough to draw the lines, yeah. right? Um, but he's he took off into abstract from from there, and and your 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 art is 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 kind of an abstract realism. Yeah, I I'm, I go all different which ways, but yeah, I I appreciate realism and I appreciate messing with it. You know, I'm definitely uh, making uh, not real out of real as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? Well, David. David hasn't been doing that for like three years. He's now a teacher. So Fox Blue is owned by another company. God, that is wild. Yeah, that that was a big, mm-hmm. uh, big business for a long time. Man, oh man. Yeah. Well, you've you've been here for how long? I've only been here uh, living here three years. Mm-hmm. I've been coming up here for six. You know, uh, but. Yeah, I got out of the blueprint business back in 98, 99. Mm-hmm. And I stayed as a consultant for a couple of years, but mainly just to grab a. Yeah, you were saying you got bought out by uh, some uh, comp- company and like you had built this business way up. Yeah. Yeah, we were pretty well and... known in the blueprint uh, business. We were really well known. And so. Uh, Oh, I, I had decided that I wanted to sell and I, uh, you know, I'd had a bunch of people kicking the tires of the company, but it was, it was a really, really successful business and there was no way I was just going to sell it, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah kind of out of the blue, these guys appeared who wanted, they were looking to consolidate a business, any business, you know, in the Oh, just anything, just a place to put money. Yeah, just to make a ton of dough. Mm-hmm. You know, that was their goal was to become billionaires. Mm-hmm. And so they they tried auto parts. They had their eyes on auto parts, but Cragen and that whole thing started right before they could even get big in it. And so they, but just in a tennis match, I think it was, uh, they heard about blueprinting and said really and so they they jumped in and i was lucky to be one of the first guys they bought Uh, Mm. i mean they had a great plan when they pitched it to Mm. me it was like man if i was 20 years younger that's what i'd do but so burned out i'd had enough of it i'd been doing it for my whole life i'd been at it straight for like 25 years i said man i'm very repetitive i i you know 
during the years when I've been down on my luck, you know, that was my easy job to get, yeah. you know, he's like, you know, if he had extra, extra job and you know, the business it's, it's, it's feast or famine in that business or it's super feast yes. <clears throat> and then kind of going. Yeah. yeah. We were lucky. We got a, we got a contract because really we were the only people in Northern in Sacramento who, and it had to be done in Sacramento. We're the only person, only company who could uh, print the uh, plans for all of the prisons that were built in the eighties. Oh, so you guys were part of that. What bacon? It was bacon. It was, it was real. You were, it was really stupid, man. Yeah. It was. uh, Yeah. So the, uh, so you got all the prisons in California, everyone, every state built. Holy shit. Yeah. We had, that's a big contract. It, it was really, Gary, it was beyond uh, a blueprinter's wildest dreams. I really don't know of any blueprinter that I knew of that could could truthfully claim. Holy crap. And the cool thing was is that the uh, state, the state legislature uh, demanded, they, they actually set the printing process. And they set that it had to be done in Sacramento. It had to be done... Uh, in these certain time frames, and that anyone who wanted to bid, even if you were just bidding on like the fences, you had to buy uh-huh. a whole set of plans. And man, a whole set of plans mm. was like 800 sheets of paper. <laughs> they cost like mm-hmm. 400. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the amount of systems that are in place there, you know, just one prison itself could keep a small printing company going. You know, a little oh, bit. Yeah. And the construction documents I mean, were ludicrous. So, yeah, we, we printed every one. Oh, different, different uh, architectural and engineering firms every time. They all draw differently. Well, these were done a kind of similar designs. But, yeah, they had about five, I think, about five different architectural giants who were doing them. And then, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was one after another, after another, after another for about two and a half years, three years. Yeah. It was like printing. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of work. Printing money. But, uh, He's printing money while you're printing. Crazy. But that was like a whole nother That's life. cool. You know? <laughs> so money, money isn't the thing in the end, is oh, it? Oh, no, not at all. You know, I ran a really cool company. You know, we were really well known for just being cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I spent most of the profits on my employees and what I didn't spend on the employees, I spent on the clients. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we had a certain percentage. We, we had to reinvest back into the company because of the uh, technology was changing so fast back then. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a cool company. I ran it kind of like a. Like, the, like all the tech companies now, it sounds like. I mean, because you guys were all, you're talking in your email, you're like, well, drug testing meant a yeah. different thing at our company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was a different, it was a different environment. It, you yeah. may remember uh, back in the day, uh, the ammonia vapor, you know, the smell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've worked at that shop probably hundreds yeah. of hours. I've, I've, I've done blueprinting for yeah. hundreds of so hours. The probably stink, several the st- hundred. It was a good thing the place stunk so bad because everybody was, you know. 
would just go out on the steps. On the, it was a place on the second floor, and everybody go out on their break and smoke weed and come right back in. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's when it was illegal. It was highly know? illegal, yeah. And it was, it was, you know, we had the Department of Justice and Fire Patrol and all of the city agencies. I'm sorry about that sound. I was just grabbing a beer out of my... Uh, oh, that a boy. Is that is that okay? Oh, yeah, please do. Is it okay if yeah, 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 okay. So yeah, highly illegal. I there's an observation that I, I want to give on on that and the diversity of people who took it upon themselves to break the law on a regular basis for 30 years because weed is that good. There you go. That was me. Me yeah. too. Um, I, I I think it might be the medication I found that none of the others yes. did. There you go. Um, I think it's something that helps me go into my brain and understand a little bit more about me, which is I still don't get. Yeah. It. Um, I think it's can be very calming in a, in a stressful time if you have the right strain. And that's the nice thing about today. You can know what you're yes. actually getting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, weed. I remember uh, the first time I smoked weed the next day, one of my best friends, cause I was one of the last guys in our group. Yeah. You said that you didn't, you wanted to see if any of them freaked the out or, died. or anything. So this guy says, uh, <laughs> so Andrew, you know, what'd you think about that? And I said, man, I'm going to smoke that every day. As, as long as I can get it, I'm smoking it. <laughs> it was the most It's a man with. I had goals. a, I came from a, uh, I, I had a real angry background, you know? I, I had a bad temper. I, I had. Really, yeah, I still have one under there and it, it yeah, gets out I had there. I've been a, a really fat when I was young. You know, today, something. Me going, too. Oh, really? and stuff mm -hmm. so you know being a fat guy and i was a younger brother and so i was just harangued all the time and had all these anger issues mainly about that but so man i could fly off the handle you know with just a little teasing or blah 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 but man smoked, oh smoked, yeah first time i smoked weed i realized are you kidding me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're silly I mean, yeah, I yeah. get mad still. Uh, there's stuff that will set me off. But... Sure. Well, when you're running a multi-million dollar operation, yeah, shit can set you off. 50 employees. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 50 employees, multi-million operation is a pretty good human uh, to capital <laughs> ratio. Yeah, like so yeah, that. we broke the law. So you're a stoner making bank. Yeah. Ah, there goes there goes the yes, conventional it was wisdom. Peculiar. And the other the other thing was uh, I could remember things. You know, uh, mm -hmm. my memory's pretty. Uh, I don't know what you, I have a real good. Uh, if I see it, I generally remember it pretty well. And, and yeah. It's it seems to be heightened by smoking weed rather than diminished, which is really peculiar, you know. 
So you're, you're saying like, if you get a contextual situation and somebody were to trigger any spot within that context, you can pull it back. I'm pretty good on that. I'm really good with things that I see mainly. I'm best with uh, anything that I see. Yeah, that's that's something I realized about in the last 10 years or so about myself. I was doing these. uh... God, I, I I got pretty obsessive. And when I first got into making montages, I uh, deconstructed National Geographic, like every idea. Yes. Tell me that story. Well, I was uh, just had started making digital collages, montages in Photoshop. And uh, the few people who had seen me doing it were going, man, those are pretty cool. You know that, you know, you should do more of that. So I had an idea of what I wanted them to look like. But uh, and I knew that I wanted to that. I just knew that I needed to pull images from uh, uh, vintage material is what I wanted to capture. So out of the blue, mm-hmm. I was closing down a uh, storage unit. And mm-hmm. uh, literally the very, very, very last load in the last corner, there was uh, unopened. This is in in 2012 or so. There was an unopened box of National Geographic, you know, the entire National Geographic collection from uh, like 1890 to 1995. On Wow, that would be a journey. That's right? the journey. To and take. so they were, did you read it as well? Or was it all about well, the pictures? what it what what it was these uh, CDs, you know, and the whole thing, it, had, it hadn't yeah. even been oh, opened, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck? oh yeah like the old encyclopedias and all that stuff so i, I call my kid well. who has a better memory than i do and remembers everything i don't about that period in my life and i go dude when what is this uh, collection of cds all about why do i have it and he said oh I, you know he says uh you were gonna throw that away because your oh. uh, mac this is how old it was your mac didn't have a cd drive <laughs> so oh. i said well cool i said oh. okay so i took it home i opened it i went to the uh disc that had uh my you know my birth year so i said i'll go to 1951 and check it out i drop it in the computer and i opened it up and went are you shitting me this is un wow they are so, amazing um I think it's always been my favorite. Oh, you magazine. know what, Gary? They it it was when they well Saturday Evening Post had about their history now, but uh, they were pioneers in the development of color photography, and they were also pioneers yeah. in the uh, uh, magazine printing business. But they decided to print their mm-hmm. magazine with even better techno any of the other magazines they're they're uh, mm-hmm. and it and it, and it, 
it it moves forward as they digitized their magazine they scanned every page and every page is like it's unbelievable how detailed these little jpegs are how perfect they are yeah what's the resolution on those man they're they're, they're pretty well, good okay. I mean, because this is like what nineteen? What, what year was this? Ninety-two. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, 95. Yeah. Windows ninety-five. Think yeah, that kind and, of. And, you know, I was in that business then, and so what they pulled off. That's why they put it on CDs. So what I get what I. Uh, one of the pieces I made right off the bat was a. Uh, I mean, just to talk about the size of the images. It's a. Uh, mm. narrative piece about the history of world war ii told in advertisements from national geographic oh this piece what say that uh, again say that again it's the history of world war ii as told in advertisements from national geographic from 1940 through 1946 so it has about, and so what I did is I went through all the ads of 1940 through 1946 and clipped out every cool image I could find. And it felt. And that, this is all me. in Africa. No, no, this no. Is this all is all in Africa? Uh, just. The history of World War II. This is a II. piece that I made that's all clips yeah. from National Geographic. And they're all uh, from advertisements in National Geographic. Yes. And so. Okay. Yeah. During World it's, War II. Okay. Oh, that's so you know, got to be interesting. You know, the size of a National Geographic page and then the column advertisement. Yeah. Well, some of the images in these uh, advertisements were only half inch tall in real life. Mm -hmm. So in the, the, the actual montage is about three inches tall by nine inches wide on the screen. That's as big as it could be in, in real time images. And I have a print of mm -hmm. it that is 20 inches tall by nine feet wide. And it looks perfect. That's how good That's National really Geographic cool. was at putting together the images for their mag. I mean, like what? It's really shocking. You know, you it, it it just it blew, blew up, up fine. Like I've ever is isn't that the it nightmare is. of a printer? Well, how do we get oh, it bigger? Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's get a raster to vector. Oh uh, yeah, let's. Oh yeah, that makes everything better. Uh, well, we lost that line. Oh, shit! Somebody draw it in. Yeah, yeah it's another thirty minutes of labor. Yeah. Shit! Exactly. Let's go smoke a joint. Yeah. Make it fifty. <laughs> I'd give the joints to my 19-year-old uh, tech, techno wizards and go, here, you guys go figure this shit out. Come back and tell me. You know, in, at my company, I had all these young kids that were just geniuses who, you know, getting paid 20 bucks an hour was like getting paid a million dollars a year. They were like, are you kidding? You're going to oh. pay me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I, like the, I like the blueprint people. You know, they are hand-to-mouth. They're doing fine in their world because they're doing the job because it helps them. Most of the, most of the blueprinter people I know do the job because it allows them the life they want to live on the outside. Of the there job. you go. Yeah. 
whether it be rock and roll, there are a lot of those, whether, whether it be, um, you know, sports, like I've had a lot of those, like guys who just got to go to the games and stuff, or whether it be, uh, you know, motorheads, but, but all of them had that in common that like work was work. They knew how to work, but they had their own. That's right. They had hobbies that were, you know, a lifestyle outside of work that just was everything. And they did it. Yeah. I had great employees, man. I loved my employees. They were so cool. So what's your favorite piece you ever put together um, out of a National Geographic? What, what, was, what was the image that you looked at it and it went, oh, but in tune and with angels? You mean like, uh, uh, well, my pieces are all made out of lots of images from National Geographic. Right. But have you had one that just went, oh, motherfucker, I got to use that? Oh, God, one image. Well... I mean, it just kind of went, yeah, <laughs> like so, so deeply. Yeah, I just that it was undeniable it, that you're like, ah, oh, thank you, National Geographic for making after that After looking at 10 million images from National Geographic, I just the other day was cleaning files from my computer. Oh, my God. And, files. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, I mean, digital files. Yeah, no, just the whole management of files is a whole thing. Yeah, well. Yeah. And so I get to this, uh, it was, uh, in my national geographic files and it was in the stuff to clip file, you know, things I hadn't cut out yet. Uh Like 1923. And it's an image of some guy in, uh, like Borneo or somewhere like that. And he's got Mm -hmm. a million, I, I don't know, a thousand hooks and needles and, weird piercings and yeah yeah just weird dude all the pictures i've seen i think it was the only picture that i went are you kidding me you know i ran into the wife's office go dep dep come here look at this (laughs) (laughs) oh i bet you he was getting all of it too he was like getting all the tramp he got he had all the, he's so rebel he's got the piercings and stuff he's such a bad boy you should do him <laughs> man yeah so. yeah you know it's uh i remember seeing naked women in, in national geographic you know until it wasn't a thing anymore you know what i mean like it was only black women which i don't even know what that's about yeah but after after a while it was like oh it's just that's how they are and that's okay yeah and that's kind of where i started to think about nudity differently although um i'm going to do the world a favor and keep clothes on (laughs) yeah you and me both holy (laughs) (laughs) it all starts gravity motherfucker newton was right (laughs) shit started to set the world's sorry (laughs) enough shape without me going naked you are one of them uh, good-looking men. You are, I would say, a good-looking man. Well, thank like, like when, when people look at you from across the room, they go, God damn, that's a good-looking man. I want to <laughs> fight him. Do you, ever, do you ever get that? Do you ever get that? Like somebody going, well, he's good-looking. He should probably have a busted nose uh, or something. No, when I was young, I'd always be <laughs> friends with guys who used to get beat up. And, and when they'd come... <laughs> You know, it was in that, that era, you know, right before everybody started getting loaded. And so uh, I'm friends with the guys who used to get beat up. Thing, Gary. 
<laughs> you know, we'd go to like the movie. Fuck Were they mouthy fuckers? Right? What was we'd up? Walk out of the movies, and my friend would pop off to like known wise got known like criminal kids. You know, he, you know, known delinquents. You know, he'd like, you know, yeah, hair yeah. looks funny, or you know, where'd you get that fucking pair of shoes? And just within minutes, he'd be getting his ass kicked, and I'd be standing there, you know, little fat boss. What? You know, and just as they'd be about to pass, <laughs> say something that was funny or disarming or something, you know, like fuck. Yeah, you know you don't. Need it. Oh, so I was lucky. I only got beat up a couple times. Oh, I hate those little fuckers. I I love them. I, like I've had a lot of friends like that. I love them. They're kind of they're fun folks to have around because they're kind of you know they they're edgy. Yeah. But, but... <laughs> I live on the oh here it. Whoa. So one of the things about this, I need to build a studio because one of the things about the audio is we can't do this across the room actually getting together. Right. Like in terms of like voice, this system that uh-huh. I'm on, if I'm doing things, it's cutting off what you say. Oh, wow. So it, it doesn't, yeah. Like when you just said, oh, wow, and oh, wow. And that kind of bugs me. Um, I don't know if it's a bandwidth thing. So that's the thing I'm talking about. Like tomorrow. When I get my stuff set in, if it works better next time. I would love to do another show with you, Bob, because I think we can have that. Oh, yeah. Time. A good one would be about uh, concerts. You know, concerts that I've gone to. I've been to a lot of cool concerts. Yeah, so yeah, so have I. Um, I don't even remember them all, which I think might be the yes. sign. That I've been to a lot of yeah, good concerts. Absolutely. I really should keep a concert journal <laughs> so my other self can write to me and I can read what he says. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love to do another one whenever you're ready. Yeah, so we're still doing this. No, I, I do. Oh, I didn't. Did I tell you I do long form? Pardon me? I like to, I like to do at yeah. least an hour, if not um, longer. I, we're, we're still good. fine. Our audio is not that bad. It's just that when we get into real dialogue where we're actually going back and forth and laughing and saying things, it's not like a studio where you would hear it. I follow you. Yeah. So it's not as fulfilling an experience. And I'm saying this out loud because part of what I'm doing with this podcast is inviting people into the room and the room has its flaws. And by letting you know that the flaws exist, Maybe you can accept them. Maybe you can't. Uh, maybe I need to upgrade my game. I don't know. But uh, I'm working on all of that at the same time. Um, please let me know if uh, there's anything I can do that you think would be a good idea. I may or may not take your advice. <laughs> well, I'm proud to be part of the experiment either way. I'll tell you that. I am glad to have you as part of the experiment. So you have a lot of friends down in Sacramento. I imagine... You went to a lot of parties after the Kings. Yeah, generally after the Kings games, I'd just go home. I had a family, and you know, uh, and a lot of the times my kids would be with me at the games. I took them. God, they've they've been to way more Kings games than most people their ages. So, uh, yeah, they went to a lot of the games with me. So after the games, we'd generally go home. We'd uh, we'd kind of party before the game. And then uh-huh. roll to the game and party a little more and then go home. You know, it was, That's it was good. fun. Yeah. Was, we had really cool seats and at, we were like the, uh, uh, 
we did all the blueprinting for the Kings. And so we were able to get dialed in on seats really close to the floor, right when uh, they hit town. So I got a bunch of seats mm-hmm. and kept them the whole time. And you gave them as perks to your yeah, employees exactly. and shit. I had six seats that were right under the basket. Uh, what about to like uh, potential bids? You know, you're out to bid. No, I played all uh, my, with 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 an architect. I played all my bids. Uh, any any real bids, you know, that were actual bids. I just if I got the contract, I would take. Uh, you know, uh, people who were using the service out. But on that stuff, I laid off my regular clients. Oh, yeah, I took them to games all the time or gave them seats or. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that, that and golfing and, you know, that stuff. But Kings games were big for many years, especially with my seats. They were a really big, cool item. Yeah, it's amazing how much leverage you can get. With yeah, something oh, no like kidding. That. People still, you know. 25, 30 years later, remember, it's like, what? Oh, remember when you took me to the game? And it's like, yeah. And you gave me your business for 30 years. I, you know, I, I spent 200, you know, yeah. maybe 300 bucks on you. And you have given me thousands and have yeah, fed my bingo. family. Thank you. That's right. The life of the blueprinter. Yeah. 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 My brother never went that big. Um, he's more minutia. I mean, he could look at a, a, a he, he could, his, his scanning ability on a print is go. insane. It is insane. And, you know, years later, I mean, blueprinting went from, you know, scanning, you know, is, is my, is my, are my lights <laughs> bright enough? Is my, is my ammonia high enough, you know, to, to, you know, digital, so you didn't almost have to worry about it. It's like whatever they put on the file is what they put on the file. To graphics, graphic images. Because the natural progression was you're you're having college students bringing you work that they're doing for a a dissertation or whatever, and you got to print it out at your shop for them because they don't have the means. And then it's the big business that's got their full marketing department and they're bringing their, your, you their shit and they need, you know, print, you know. Did you do a large sign, like outdoor? No, we did. We were one of the first people to do large uh, format digital printing, but we didn't get into outdoor uh, or anything like that. Like the Kip, Kip printers? Yeah. Is that oh, what yeah, they called them? The first... we, we, did, uh, we were doing large format color in 1988, you know, before anybody was doing it, we went oh, to buy our color printer from Xerox. We had to buy it from their division called Versatech, and it was an electrostatic printer. And when how it jaggy was terrible. Was it? And when we told them we wanted to buy a color printer, they said, "Well, why?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. The colors well, they bled were, back then. They, they were uh, very. Uh, banded it was a real weird peculiarity of these electrostatic mm-hmm. printers but the cool thing was is that if you you printed a graphic image from a mac using uh, you know whatever basic mm-hmm. softwares there were back then freehand or the, the very first of adobe products you could get a nice image if you looked at it very closely it was heavily pixelated but if you looked at it from three feet away it looked just great and we look at it as, you know, yeah. uh, graphic, 
purist going, this sucks. You know, this is so bad. But it was our clients who said, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll buy that. You know, the impact mm-hmm. of a four by 10 foot color. Just pack. color. Just, just having the image of color yeah, back now then was something. so taken for granted that, you know, color image, color image. But boy, oh, back then yeah. it was a <laughs> not well if you're if you're buying the printer ink it isn't but if you're yeah. a daughter it's yeah it's totally taken yeah. for granted I mean, you know i got I mean, it actually until I you yell at her a few times the day when uh, like i was there the day they delivered the first xerox machine to my dad's shop and that was mm-hmm. a big deal yeah you know, was, yeah yeah and they were no. so clunky yeah you were doing mimeographs like what was it was basically the same concept with the but, wheel. Yeah, it was but, like a drum. You know, yeah. Like, like yeah, same thing as blueprint. Print. Yeah, it was really a weird deal, but yeah. So uh-huh. we, yeah, it it was interesting. My, my <coughs> career kind of went from the landing of uh, Xerox technology, just the first Xerox machine, and the end of real blueprinting to, uh, you know, no blueprinting and all digital and Xerox copying. I remember kids loving the smell of freshly printed tests. Hell yeah. <laughs> remember that? They come in on that a blue, blue printed. It would still be kind of wet. Yeah. And, and just f- fuming. And the teacher's like, here, I just had these printed. Yeah. Gary, Gary, yeah. Gary, pass them back now. Don't hold on to them. Yeah. Get your head yeah, out first of them. First in a row. And I was always like, these stink. And, and then there'd be a girl behind me display going, yeah. Oh, oh, them. oh yeah. I love the smell of these. They make tests so fun. Androgynous. Uh, I love it. What is it? And, androgynous ammonia. Oh, anhydrous ammonia. And Idris? Anhydrous. No water in it. Anhydrous. So, you know, here's one of those things. Here's one of those things. Words always read, never said. Ah, there you go. Yes. Yeah. So I'd always, I'd always thought it was anhydrous. Well, anhydrous. anhydrous. Yeah, I always called it anhydrous, but anhydrous. Yeah. What did I call it? Anhydrotic? Something, I, I, something different, but yeah, anhydrous. I make yeah, up anhydrous words. Ammonia. Anhydrous ammonia. Oh, man. Oh, man. There, if, if you're doing a big, 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 big job on a hot, hot day, that shit can be intoxicating. It was, uh, it was pretty awful at our original blueprint shop. Yeah, it was, you know, you're working mm-hmm. on 105 degree day, no air conditioning. Oh, my God. Yeah. The old, I noticed my brothers were vented after a while. Yeah, well, even with like a... They had better venting. It, right, they invented venting right before digital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you put your big plenum, your big, your big uh, mechanically engineered... Uh, plenum based system to suck everything out and then you didn't need it. Just became a giant yeah. sculpture sculpture up there. <laughs> sculpture. Really? Yeah. I've got this big pile of shit in the middle of my floor because I'm going kick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then then all the others got in the game. It, it was interesting. Kip really jumped in the game. Oh man. Every yeah, it was a big uh big technologically uh open market and it was interesting to see who was going to win it you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know I think my brother started up 90 something or other um, it was just he, he had a lot of other things going on so it was always one thing after another for that guy 
you know, a couple of economic downturns, um, but he made it through. And now he's uh, doing all right. He's doing more real estate. It's a little more solid. Yes. Yeah, the printing business was a just, oh, man. It was a nightmare. By the time I got out of it, I was really glad to get out of it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work. It's That is the most repetitive job other than working at a Pepsi bottling factory I've ever done. Whoa, that would be intense. It's, you know, the thing is, I went home every day with a raging headache. Right. Yeah. Um, even though we worked five stations. And the first station, well, first in the morning you sort bottles. Because this is back when they actually had actual bottles that actually went back to the plant, actually got washed. And refilled. Wow. So we would sort bottles for about two hours in the morning. We had like seven products on our mix. Uh, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Hires Root Beer, um, Sprite. Did I say Dr. Pepper? Yeah. We had Crush. We had Orange Crush. Now, mainly it was Pepsi and Diet Pepsi, right. right? And so we would spend the first two hours sorting. And then we would start the machine up. The machines was basically a big, 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 huge washing machine. <laughs> and you would load the the cases onto this, you know, uh, track. And then it would put, pick the bottles up. There was this little, like, if you could if you could look at fan belts, like in line, and they just had enough squeeziness to grab the tip of a bottle and lift it up to a higher point. Right. That's what those did. And then the carton stayed below. And then you would sort out. So that was first station was loading up. Just keep loading bottles. Second station was replacing cartons. So you take the shitty cartons and throw them in the bin and put in new cartons. Leave the cartons that were okay. Wouldn't work today, but it worked back then. Today, you would replace all cartons. Um, So we would... would, uh, that would happen. That was the easiest station. And then from there, you walked over to inspection. And inspection was basically looking at a side-mounted um, fluorescent light with bottles going by. And right to your adjacent right was the bottling machine. And it did two things. First, it suctioned the fuck out of the <laughs> bottle so it could put carbonation into it. It, it did and because it did this like vacuum suction thing, if a bottle had a fracture or anything, it would blow oh, up. Yeah. And so I remember I was doing night school then trying to finish my high school because I fucked up my first two and a half years and tried to make it up. And my last year still had another bit to make up uh, after high school. And um, so I was going to night school. So I was going to night school, getting home late, and I remember looking, watching this, the bottles go by, which is kind of hypnotic. Clink, 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 bottles going by, fluorescent light in your face. <laughs> and then, so I think I dozed off. I'm not sure, but the bomb bursting of the implosion of glass <laughs> woke me up. <laughs> so they suck all the air out so they can put in carbonated you know, fluid. Easily, so, you know, carbonation will blow up if, if you don't. So they have to be able to do it fast. So they suck all the air out. And so it blows up and it just scares you. And then the last part of the whole thing was loading a pallet, three pallets. You had three pallets, three pallets was the turn. So whoever was loading 
was determining, you know, when, when the next turn was. And then you'd go back to putting bottles on the track. And I did this all man, day long. Man. All day long out of high school. And where was that? It's kind of like blueprinting with your yeah. whole body. And what, where the city was that? <laughs> this was in Provo, Utah. I had just graduated high school. Um, I had been out selling encyclopedias. And um, then I was done with that. And I took a job at... Um, I was kicked out of the house, so I took a Uh-oh. job there. And I lived in an apartment above 39 West uh, in Provo, Utah. Thirty nine West. Oh, there you go. Okay. And it had two apartments upstairs. Um, three, three apartments. One was an alcoholic. One was a salesman who sold golf advertising <laughs> for, yeah, for <laughs> golf. And the and me. Oh, man. And yeah, and I was young, and both those guys were old and really old. Old and really old. I like it. Yeah. I mean, old did. I mean, I think old was 40, and the really old was like my age, but he was an alcoholic, so he's like 90. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I, I really told you this show's about you, and I've been talking about me. Who's your favorite Beatle? My favorite Beatle would have to be George, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm noticing a trend. So my show and my my being, my nature, my hope is for life. Uh-huh, there you go. Which, and of all of them, George represented the most unconflicted. I buy that kind of ex, expression yeah. of love. Yeah, they were they were quite a uh, quite a group. You know, and, uh, he uh, yeah, he came through it. I think uh, with the well, Ringo, Ringo was seemed pretty impervious to it all. But uh, yeah, George came through it with a pretty good uh, mind. You know, a pretty good perspective. Yeah, I don't think anybody picks Ringo as their favorite. No, he's a pretty cool cat, though. You know, when you hear when you hear him. You know, oh no, I love I yeah, love love yeah. love Ringo. Yeah, he always was just kind of in the background there. Uh, Even though help is all about right. Ringo. You know, that's isn't right. that funny? I mean, help is really about all oh, the girls wanting to get I Ringo. That's just brilliant. Uh, who did that? Who who put that yeah, concept together? Because yeah, that yeah, is that hilarious. And and perfect because he had the, he had the ruby little, ring or something. The ring, yeah. <laughs> He had the ring, and all of them wanted Ringo. Oh my God, that's fucking perfect, oh, man! I love him though. Like for his birthday, he asks everybody just to post, "Hey, peace and love, right? peace and love, peace and love." Yeah, that's just yeah. that's it. That's where yeah. we got to get to, man. I'm watching some of these cops, like the ones in Flint, and I'm fucking heartened. I mm-hmm. love it. It makes me happy. I feel like the revolution of love is about to begin. I feel like we're on our way. I feel like we got to do things that are fucking better. I feel like we got to be just kinder to each other. And we got to be more understanding that everybody's fucked up and come from fucked up places. So you got to give them some leverage. 
but not so much that they walk on you. Go fuck them people. Anybody who wants to walk on you, fuck them. I like How that. About that. That's a good philosophy. All that. Yeah. So you've been doing these collages, yeah. and I've been posting them as kind of a precursor to you oh, coming cool. on the show. Um, yeah. I do. You know, I started doing them, and people liked them, so I just kept doing them. And when yeah. I ran out of stuff uh, in National Geographic to make them out of, or I thought that I ran out of stuff. I uh, switched mm-hmm. uh, subject uh, subject matter, I guess you call it subject material, really. Sure. No, that's that's a good evolution, Thank actually. You. I yeah. think you've gone into three D spaces out of two dimensional. Um, yeah, I, I make right? things too. I mean, yeah, essentially, I, you know, I make things too. I I paint uh, these three dimensional things: cubes, spheres, uh, stuff. It's mainly paperweights, you know, for my grandkids and kids, friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got diagnosed yeah. with cancer about a year ago, and so I, I, uh, I really needed to find something that I could get into that was completely and utterly in the here and now, like to the absolute here and now. And that did it. Uh, doing those little cubes, I found that if I was uh, committing a line or a, a paint to a surface that I couldn't be distracted, you know? There was just no distractions allowed. You're just there. There's no other way, way to be yeah, than and right I can, there. I can, it's it pure is, meditation. I, can, I found that I can be elsewhere. <laughs> I can be elsewhere when I'm doing my digital stuff, um, especially when I'm like to prepare one of those digital pieces takes a lot of individual clipping of images and and it's really tedious and time consuming and and in those moments i can uh, boy go to a lot of different places you know and and so the computer and all the processes they become so innate that you can still stay in state yeah I, i can get i can either do to just be right there in those clips, you know, like I, if I'm clipping a, I've been clipping a lot of plants lately, uh, uh, paintings of flowers and stuff, you know, with, with lots of uh-huh. uh, foliage. And so I have to remove the, the entire plant from its background in order to do that. I have to cut out all the little holes between all the little foliage pieces. It's a lot of it's a lot of individual yeah. little Photoshop clips, and so I. So you're doing that uh, magnifying and then moving to another piece and magnifying exactly. and moving to another spot, magnifying exactly. moving to another spot just to yeah, clean it all up. up. About seven hundred percent when I'm doing it, so I can do it. Yeah, your your images are very dense. <laughs> yeah, they get they very. Get and you're just like I've got all the power to put all the information on the page now that I didn't have in 1995. So fuck <laughs> you. I'm putting it all on there. It's all coming out. Yeah. All those images that got counted into me. Yeah. Like yeah. Mickey Mouse Club on or, or, or being regurgitated digital, you know, um, brainscape or something. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So you, your your art like blows my mind. If you all haven't checked out his art, uh, this is Garland Pepper Show, and I'm not here with Bob Androvich. Uh, he yeah, has Bob Androvich.com. Bob BobAndrovich.com. You can see his artwork there. Buy it and help him out because he's a retired man now. You know. Yeah, gotta help. Gotta help him out. Gotta help him out. And uh, you know, so this this thing, this art business thing. Whenever I find that art business pot smoker. <laughs> sports liker you're quite you're quite amalgamation of everything you're not supposed to be almost yeah it's fun you know i I, i'm not what (laughs) it's fun yeah it is oh i love that being diverse is, is fun it really is it really is because in the end you know, if you're going to try to be something that's not but diverse, then you are trying to be something that is amongst the crowd. Yeah. Normal, with quotation. Normal, I like that. Right? Yeah. You're, you're trying to be normal. Yes. But diverse is a different thing. It's a thing where you're going to accept yourself and you're going to accept that others are different also. Absolutely. Yep, it's a... That, right? Oh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a key, you know. Definitely. It truly is. Um, people who are unhappy, I think, have really too tight a reins on the horse, and they're always getting fucked. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to that. You, you think? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to relax and just let it go and, you know, sleep on it. That's what I, you know, that's been uh, my advice. Give it some time. Walk away. Give it some space. Yeah, yeah. I'm a firm believer in uh, whether it's, uh, I don't know, whether it's a personal problem, a work problem, a money problem, a, uh, trying to figure out something in a piece of art. If I if I'm thinking about it and I sleep on it, generally the next day I got a clearer indication of where I want to go on that. Yeah. Yeah. When the beauty of being passionately involved in something is that happens on a regular basis. Well, it, it's the beauty and the curse because sometimes you can't sleep. Uh, rarely for me, you know. <laughs> I can always yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Going through going through but, radiation treatment was pretty weird, and then the side effects from it uh, made it so I could not sleep. I was awake every ten minutes. It seemed. Oh, were you on were you on prednisone no, or something? I had steroid. prostate cancer and had it uh, blasted with radiation, so I was getting up like every half hour to go to the bathroom. I mean, like every half hour. I didn't sleep more than an hour at a time for like eight weeks. It was real weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that is exhausting. That can be psychically, you know, mess. it can really mess you up psychically, not getting good sleep. Yeah. So did you did you nap during the day to make up for the sleep you wanted? No, I couldn't do that either for some reason. I don't know what, what it all was, but I couldn't. So I lost that 
I lost that whole ability to sleep on it. You know? There was no, uh, none of that, uh, no sleep yeah, on none it. of that sleeping on it. Sleep on <laughs> it. Baby, 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 sleep on it. So, I've got that you fat. Ever seen that was... <laughs> so fat kids. What a conundrum. Man, you know what? What a fucking shitty okay, life. Okay, here's a good one. My dad. I mean, fucking everybody just treats you like an right, asshole. Right, okay. And even though you got a whole lot going on inside your head and you're just as good as most of the other people, you're a fat right? kid. So go fuck yourself if you ever pick on right. a fat kid. I love it, Gary. Okay, so... Here's how my dad introduced me to anybody who I met, who he introduced me to until I was about 12 years old or 10, 10 years uh-huh. old. Hey, this is my son, Bobby. He's pretty fat. He tried to run away from home, but he ran out of sandwiches before he got to the front door. <laughs> That's Isn't horrible. That? That's Thanks, funny. Dad. So bad. What a dick. Yeah. Right? How do you feel? <laughs> How do you feel? He's getting a laugh from his right. buddies, and you're feeling like yeah, it was dick. pretty weird shit. So that oh, buddy, I'm no, sorry. no, I I look back on it. So, oh. I laughed. I mean, it is funny. It's a great fucking joke, unless it's your fucking kid. What a douchebag! I mean, I'm sorry to call your dad a douchebag, but my God, Jesus Christ, and he's I mean, it's a good, if if you're like uh, Ralphie. And you're telling the joke about yourself. That's a funny joke. <laughs> I tried to run away from home, but I, you know, I got like six blocks away and I ran out of sandwiches. So I went back. I mean, that's a funny joke. But if it's about your boy. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of It was kind of hard. But, you know, he was an insensitive man. I mean, I think gambling makes people insensitive. I really. <laughs> they, they hate themselves. Well, no, no. He was, it, he. He really thought he was being funny. And, uh, you know, just one of those things. No, I know. But yeah, I know. I grew up in the gruff style. The, the, the gruff style where they're, where they're edging you, but they love you. That's right. You, you knew your dad mm-hmm. loved you. But he would do these things that made him feel. I good. guess so, huh? Right, right. And, 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 you know, he would look back at you lovingly, probably even after that joke. Well, that's my boy. And and you would actually probably like that look because it's like dad gave me. I a guess look. so. He, but then then afterwards you're like, my <laughs> dad gave me. You know he. I can run away from home. I could probably. I. You know what? I'll pack a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> I can run away from home and make it two nights with a brisket. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, fat kids, poor guys, you know, poor girls. Yeah, no, it, yeah, 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 fat kids, tough. Um, I've got the, I've got a genetic disposition to be thick. Yeah. Right? It's not my bones. It's the amount of meat my body yeah. wants to hold. Now that I'm older, I'm kind of changed my diet. I'm going more protein. Um, I'm close to diabetes, so it's time to fucking change yeah. my shit. So I do, you know, mainly meat and meat and eggs and nuts and and my only carb really is beer and corn tortillas. Uh-huh. And and corn tortillas on occasion, beer on wow. way too many occasions. Good. 
Well, if I could actually switch over to just whiskey and soda or something, I think I would do better in terms of carbs. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I would lose more weight. But I'm down 20 pounds since oh, January. Oh, good. Good for you. Yeah. I've been really working on it. It feels good. Being fat my whole life has been a challenge. Um, I've just, uh, it probably took me about 35 where I was like, thick is okay because all the skinny kids were starting to get thick uh-huh. too, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but at a certain point, it's like, this is just a shell. This is just a thing that I move through. Right. Right. And so as far as the ego attachment to look and how I, how I looked and all that stuff, that was already gone. But really what started to wake me up was waking up feeling like there shit every go. time, yeah. every day. You know, having joints that ached all the time. Um, You know, just kind of some of these things that, like, body indicators. So I kind of went from me as opposed to Uh ego. Which is an important place for all of us to get to. Uh Go, if you can find you, and I I, I know it's like trying to put together one of Bob Androvich's puzzles, which are now available on his (laughs) website. Um, it's difficult to put ourselves together. It's difficult to see ourselves because we're in this pond of which everything looks like us and we can't see ourselves in a way. It's the, and what was it? Don Carlos, I forget his name. Uh, anyway, one of the, the four agreements guy, um, he 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 calls it the smoky mirror. We really can't see ourselves. Yeah, you have to get into. You have to get. Uh, I don't know to a certain point. I don't know whether it's because of things, a thing that happens, or things that you go through. But yeah, yourself comes through to you. Oh yeah, takes a while. After, after a while, you start getting. It took me a long time to really, uh, to really get it. You know, not. Till recently, you know, 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I guess that's what they're calling wisdom. There you go. But I wish wisdom came with a machine (laughs) that didn't distract itself from it. (laughs) So the body, the body and the mind evolve at different paces. That's sure. and, and, and by the mind, I mean like this full-on contextual mind-body experience where it's like, you know, your spiritual self and your physical self and your need to maintain the space between those and, and keep them communicating in a way. I don't even know what I just said. Did I just say things or was that just stupid? Well, keeping, keeping yourself and your body apart, but... Yeah, they eventually come together, but I think you're getting to the point that the timing... Well, they do come together, but the ego gets in the way. The timing is fucked up. Right. It takes takes a cycle. You know what? Maybe it's not spirituality. Maybe it's psychologically. I don't know. That that we don't grow to a place where we can kind of go and step out of ourselves until after we can step out of ourselves. Because we're so into ourselves in our... You know, in our all the way through up until probably our forties, we are so into ourselves and what we have right. to do right now. 
that we cannot stop and go. <sighs> yes, there's not too much time to contemplate the navel, as they used to say, huh? Yeah, you're just constantly in motion. Yeah, and the here and now is. The here and now is then, you know, or, or next week. Always. Yeah, it's yeah. always then or next That's week. Right. It's never now. It's it's always a plan, or and and even the action in between is still working. Well, that's plan. true. And if if you know, and you, I think any time that it's not uh, a week before or a week in the present, I was doing aimless things like going to Kings games, you know, and I was putting in the moment. Yeah, was that a goal? Was a that goal? a goal? <laughs> Yeah, to go to the most Kings games ever. <laughs> God, no. I'll tell you. I don't know what it was. It was... Uh, but you just really, really loved it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for uh, up until... Uh, I mean, even... The drama of sports is undeniable. It's so momentary. It, it really is, it is being, being in the moment. moment. That's what I was kind of trying to make my point, is that that, that was so in the moment, in the now, that I think that... that uh, it, it was a shallow way of being there, you know, and, and I mean, if you were really, uh, if yeah, you were a, yeah. a deeper, more, uh, you could be, yeah, there you it. could say, well, I could be that way just sitting in my living uh-huh. room. You know? But for yeah. me, that would have been hard. It's, well, we've all had that challenge now. How's that working out with the old COVID quarantine reality and you know you had a pre a precursor to yeah. it you were already secluded pro- before it and now you're vulnerable so you <laughs> definitely have to stay out yeah i was a pro at it now i now i'm a consultant you know so uh yeah i i i've done well with it i i'm kind of a i've never had a problem with having to stay in and do stuff you know so it's been mm-hmm. all right i I don't know. I may have mentioned you know, I, I'm a, now that I'm a member at Lunaria Gallery. They, yes, they I see that. They to, uh, to be their community liaison guy. They made a new position. You know, I thought it was kind of... Uh, yeah. Community liaison. That is nice. New, I like uh, that. The new guy in town. With your golden smile and your sparkling eyes, you'll be <laughs> perfect. Yeah, and then, and then like the uh, first month, I had planned to go out and uh, spread the word. I got, I don't know, the flu or this virus, whatever it was, oh, you know, around yeah. uh, no, uh, Christmas time before that. Oh, you know what? They never have a good January anyway. Yeah. It's usually they're closed. So it's perfect so, timing. Uh, and then this came around. So I, all I've been able to do for them is the newsletter. So I haven't been able to be my... Uh... Well, let's talk about Lunaria. Because I love Lunaria. Lunaria. Awesome. I really enjoy it. Lunaria is the heart, one of the hearts. Silverton's a small city with many hearts. Uh, Lunaria, however, is responsible for First Friday. Ah. They, they started First Friday back when they were on First Street, where uh, Ross's clothing store, Daytime, uh, what's right. called Daytime Vintage, a little clothing store there, Daytime Vintage, my good friend Ross. If you're uh, looking for a place to shop and find something interesting, and find something maybe period, Ross is always on the hunt for amazing and interesting things. And his shop is only a portion of uh-huh. what he has. 
He ships internationally, clothing everywhere oh, across the world. Um, yeah. So if you are looking for something in particular and you need it, call Ross Kuhn or go buy Daylight Vintage and say, hey, I'm a fat guy and I need this. <laughs> now, for the most part, Ross buys for uh, Japanese uh, and Singapore, I believe, people uh, who like American vintage things. So he's got a market there, which is very lucrative very for him, good. I understand. Yeah. So Daylight Vintage is a place for it's it's another storage shed for him with a retail front. <laughs> so if he if he's not there, please do call and make an appointment um, because he may be in Japan oh, nice for gig. all I know. Uh, he, yeah, he's he's a good kid. I've known him since he was a young boy and now he's made away for himself. So shout out to my boy, Ross Kuhn, Daylight Vintage, Silverton, Oregon. Now, is that first the street that looks like Johnny Dan? Does he look like Johnny Depp? What's that? Is that that? He's a yeah. very handsome man. I've never heard Johnny Depp, but goddamn, he's a good-looking man. Tammy, would you say Ross Kuhn is a good-looking man? She said, there oh, yes, go. he's a good-looking man. And Bob Androvich <laughs> is a good-looking man. I'm going to hashtag good-looking man <laughs> on this post. And that's a post. That's a hashtag I'm trying to drive. Uh, I've been actually trying to drive it through Facebook like for a year. Uh, but now that I've got this, um, oh, I've already got it down as a hashtag. I'm writing out my hashtags as I go because apparently that's a thing. I don't I even don't know. know much about this. But I'm I'm really trying cool. to market yeah. hard. I, I've put your stuff yeah. out on Twitter a lot. But it feels like I'm pissing in the desert and my pee is drying before it even <laughs> hits the ground. <laughs> it's so fucking yeah. hot unless i'm like a like you know an asshole or like all yeah. into politics nobody wants to hear yeah, what i got going on the digital world yeah wow. it's full of yeah. dicks pissing on the hot desert Hope pissing on the hot body. desert Hope and your pee and your pee evaporates yeah, before it hits the ground. Thing. It's like the opposite of your, uh, you know, snow <laughs> freezing on your beard. Oh, man. Hey. That's my dog, Emma. I she's like hyper-protective. So if you hear her, you know that she's protecting me, and I feel very safe having Emma around because there she's you a go. very protective dog. dog. She is part pit bull. <laughs> and part uh basically bird dog uh, uh what's that called uh oh, i forget what springer wow. springer spaniel so part springer now none of the springer qualities come in her as far as i can uh. tell except the nose like she she sniffs a lot but she really? hates water huh. and she doesn't want to run which is good yes. because springers like yeah. to run uh but she's territorial so I, I'd say Pitbull <laughs> took most of her, which Pitbulls are amazing in, the, in their loyalty, but they're kind of annoying in their um, kind of uh, hyper, hypersensitivity, hypersecurity yeah. kind of vibe they have. The chew your face yeah. off side, that, that, that side. Yeah, but she's I a scared see. little bitch. Yeah, yeah, she'll come at you, and then she'll back up with her hair all up, 
you know, <laughs> up on her back. Um, yeah, she's a beautiful girl, though. And she's really long. Like, <laughs> she's like two dogs. She's like one of those double-decker. One of those. You ever seen one of those long taxis or limousine, I guess? Yeah. It's like a limousine <laughs> dog. What was that artist that used to do the long know, horses? That's a good one. The limousine dog. Yeah, yeah she's like extra long. Limo she's dog. so extra long. And she has the most beautiful face. And I looked at her one day and I said, do you realize you have the most beautiful face? And she went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you haven't, you haven't posted a, dog. a picture of her on Facebook. My daughter posted oh, lots of pictures of her. It's her dog. But it's my dog uh, to take yeah. poop from. However, last poop picking was my daughter, so I got to give her props for that. Yeah, Zoe, thanks for picking up the poop. Poop is, you know, I always had this thing like I would never get a dog that can poop yes. bigger than me. So, <laughs> most of my dogs have pooped just under. <laughs> just under. You do the test. <laughs> I've had golden retrievers. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll just go poop right I, next to them to check it out. I didn't measure it. I got a calipers out there. I need a stool from this dog before <laughs> I can take it home. I really need to test. That's right. Yeah. How big does this dog poke? Nope. Nope. Uh, Not getting that dog. You can tell by the size. Like, I'm never getting a bull mastiff. That oh, no. obviously poops bigger than no, me. When I was, uh, right after uh, graduating high school, uh, my best friend and I had an apartment, and he had a St. Bernard. And we came home. Oh, this oh was I the- love them. That's the thing is, I love these really it's big dogs. So I love them. The most, but- it was the most wonderful dog. Uh, the, the first bad sign of having mm-hmm. a saint bernard roommate uh was the uh hair in the ice cube her and then then oh yeah yeah and once everywhere one day we'd come home and and he'd had diarrhea in the apartment mm. which was mm-hmm. yeah it was, kidneys no it was a very young dog it just ate something really bad and just went crazy and uh yeah <laughs> it was a bad bad day at the apartment that's <laughs> no, too bad yeah that's a lot of shit and and diarrhea that's like gallons of just blah, getting the stuff out of me oh that's yeah that'll probably bring yeah, us listeners what do you think Bob? on the dog shit tour the dog shit tour, with Bob <laughs> dog shit tour. yeah yeah we got bob androvich gary fox talking about the dog shit tour here on the garland pepper show it's yeah, a good time every minute. We, we got we got off on. Have you ever done no. an art with shit? Haven't. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I maybe stay away. Probably. Maybe don't. Yeah. I am. Except for the shit emoji, that well, might make yeah. a good collage. I'm doing a shitty president series. So what I got was I got mm. uh, engravings, you know, print. The engraving, uh, you know, like the uh, portraits that are on dollar bills of presidents. They do them of all the presidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Oh, they do. 
They do a port. They, they do a carving. Yeah, there's some sort of an engraving. Right? I don't know how they do them. It's a mystery, but they sure are cool. So uh-huh. I decided mm-hmm. that. I think they're clay cuts, like uh-huh. a really fine clay that they carve in, well, and the, then they do an imprint. The print. So I got I'm one not of sure. Warren Harding, Herb, Herbert Hoover, Richard Nixon, Drew Johnson, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. making a shitty president series of that. Shitty, shitty president <laughs> postage stamp. You know, Wilson could have been so great, but boy, yeah. he fucked it up hard. Harding T. Oh, yeah, he was a complete him. idiot. Yeah, he was he was more interested yeah. in getting laid than being president. Which... Wilson's one of those where you're not fifty fifty, but god damn it, you know, yeah, League of Nations was a, a great idea. idea. <laughs> well, and then also attacking well, our fucking yes. veterans yeah. was a bad idea. How about that? How about attacking our veterans on the fucking, you know? White House lawn, well, not the White House lawn, but all, you know whatever they call that area between the yeah, Washington the Monument and Lincoln Memorial, the mall. Yeah, he attacked him, and he didn't pay yeah, him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Uh, yeah, fuck that guy. You know, there's certain ideals that a presidency has to adhere to, and one of them is the first one, the very First one is you are president of the United, what's the word? United States of America. You are the president of the United States of America. You're not the Republican Party president. You're not the president of the right wing fucking crazies on Fox News. You're not the president of the Bugaloo. You're the president of the United States of America. And you're supposed to hold an organization together that's built over 220, 30 years. What, how how far are we now? But yeah, 75, 25 years, 20. Yeah. Anyway. Oh God damn. It's 35 years, 235 years. You're supposed to uphold that. You're, you're supposed to uphold the beauty of the idea of all men are created equal. You know, some of the ideas that we had at the time weren't there that needed to be there. But all men are created equal. Yeah, is in there. And we need we need to admire that. And we need to make that the penultimate understanding of America. And from there, we can build everything else. Yeah, things have gotten. Whether you are. Uh, I'm oh, sorry, no, go ahead. I've gotten a little. uh a little wacky. Yeah. Yeah, they have. It's really sad. I love my country. I recognize that we are blessed and that we've had opportunity beyond so many other countries that are maybe resource poor or population overloaded, which right. one makes the other, right? I recognize that I grew up with a pretty good education system through the public education system. Um, I recognize that 
people around me have built me up throughout my life. And I love them. And I'm thankful for them. But I don't recognize what's happening now. And it makes me sad. Makes yeah, me it's really a sad. sad scene out there. It is unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. You know, um, on, a, on a humorous note. Yeah, go ahead. I heard, I heard not that this is humorous, yeah. but I heard that the uh, president last night was in the White House bunker. And, you know, the last time mm-hmm. Trump was in a bunker. I well, hear hashtag time, bunker bitches is, is tagged, well, is, tra- is like tracking. Bunker, he threw his ball out under the green three, pup, pup, claimed he had a four on the hole. <laughs> it's a yes, it's a, so it's he's a, a cheater. cheater. He's always been a cheater. Any, any golf guy. We'll tell you, you can tell everything about you know, a guy after a round of golf. Absolutely. Right? I mean, have you found that to be true? Absolutely. Every, every time. Yes. And uh, I cannot imagine golfing with Trump. <laughs> I would love for you to golf with Trump. <laughs> Yeah, he would, he would be so frustrated because he's been able to control people through power for a long time. And power is a strange fucking game. I'm playing with a guy right now across the creek from me. And he gives me things on occasion. But he always plays like the psychological game. So you golf? You golf? Huh? Yes. I used to, but I have a family. I found yeah, the two don't work together I used to well. When I had a family, and I haven't golfed in I don't know, probably six, seven years. Well, more longer than that, since I took up art. Really, I quit golfing. My kids told me one day when we were golfing and we golfed a lot. They said, "Dad, you know what?" I said, "What's that?" And they said, "You, you think you'd." Uh, Pick something you were good at to spend so much time doing it. <laughs> How blooded is that? You know, they were, right? And they were like oh, you know, 25 and 23 at the time. Just ouch. I mean, we're sitting in the same part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you something, Bob. You are obviously a driven man. Doing the things that you've done, you've been a driven person. And now you've taken refuge into art to kind of kind of calm your nerves, I would think. Um, how hard has it been for people to get truths to through to you? Oh wow, yeah. I'd say some you know, some of the real coldest, hardest truths. I don't know, you know, people just, like, I was in a, a bad marriage for a while, you know, and, you know, nobody liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody liked it. But nobody stepped forward and yeah, said, you know, you, you idiot. 
what are you doing? And and normally, uh, yeah, yeah, that was your. Normally, second. anybody could have yeah done that, no matter what it was, you know. So I think on that matter, especially, yeah, that was hard getting the truth across to me. I think most most other things, it's. So let me ask something. Nobody said. Oh anything? no, I had people who said, things, or you know, like, man, you know, I don't like, you know, I don't like your wife. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, I had them. Yeah, but exactly. you weren't there. You were blinded yeah, was, by the love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you were in love with this woman, and and I remember. Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've been around a few of those situations where everybody around the person is like, dude. This ain't the right thing for you, but they're just they're in their thing, and they're like ah, and yeah, it, lasts it lasted a, while a real sometimes. long time for me, which was the shocking part. But, but twelve years, twelve years. How long? How long? Yeah. Twelve years. And were you not happy? How many years of? I was really happy, and then we moved in together. Uh, we we well the worst oh, the worst yeah. part was that we. Well, I bought a piece of property and uh, financed a new home to be built, a really cool home. And uh, then we moved in together. Mm-hmm. We were spending, you know, like two weeks at a time together. Two weeks on, two weeks off. She had her kids two weeks mm-hmm. at a time. So I spent two weeks with her and then not for two weeks. So mm-hmm. that was really fine. Yeah, yeah, you had that. That that's interesting now. Like, if you have a, you, you can get together with somebody who has children because they have yeah, two weeks on, two perfect. weeks off. And then mm-hmm. it, it helps you get deeper because oh, children yeah. are a distraction from that. Yeah, and they were teenage boys, you know, so they had their agendas, and they were, you know, so that sure. Oh yeah, yeah, they were good. You get along boys. with them. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine good. you would. But so uh, when we moved in together, man, I, I've told this story a few times. We moved in and she worked and I did. I was retired. She wasn't. And the man, the first day she says, OK, now when you do the towels tonight, when you do the laundry, this is how I want the towels folded. <laughs> and huh? I'm like. I'm oh like, yeah, in a particular way. Uh, well, yeah, I'm like, what? I fold in this way. In the like, close. well, then yeah, then she got. We're getting down to particulars. Yeah. These are the things that eat at people. Is if you're not in my particular, it, then it really, then we're not I was good. Not in her. Yeah, yeah her particular just did her particular suit, suit me, I guess. So anyway. So I knew that was kind of trouble. But it took me. I just didn't want to fail. You know, I always failed in one marriage. Didn't want to fail in that, you know, that whole. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I, I, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't marry till I was twenty-seven. I fell in love probably four or five times, and I feel bad about leaving them yeah. behind. But I wasn't ready. I grew up. I grew up. In a family where divorce was a regular thing. I just walked outside, everybody. I grew up in a family where uh, divorce is a regular thing. 
and was a regular thing. And I went through a few stepfathers, which, you know, plus and minus, I see neither. You know, I see it coming out as a sum zero. I am what I am. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So we had a, um, a few different stepfathers and I learned different things, right. different values from each, right? They're gifts. Yeah, that's a, that's a way to look at it. Yeah. They're gifts. Yeah. So I, uh, But when I started dating, I was really kind of resolute on on this is it. Like when I finally settle, it'll uh-huh. be the end all be all. <clears throat> and I settled on a great woman, a, a truly great woman. She's been a great mother, Excellent. been a, a, a really good wife. She is super wise. She teaches me all the time. There you go. That's my present wife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Deborah is an amazing woman. And she, she seems sure. to be attracted to artists. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's got a kind of beautiful disposition. Oh, yeah. I would love it. to have her on the show, actually. She's got a good tail. Yeah, she's been around. I would love her on the show. So. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. been around the block well, you know, a couple we, times. We knew she's each got other some stories. Children. Yeah, we grew up together. You did? I mean, not in the same household, but a uh, block away from each other, block and a half. <laughs> yeah. Block so, away. You know, my, so you guys my, were like childhood uh, friends. The mother of my kids and my daughter, who has Down syndrome, she's 30. That, uh, my, she, my daughter, no, she lives with uh uh-huh. No, she lives, she with, lives my, with you. Uh, does she live with my you? My first wife. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, she okay. lived, it's her daughter? lived together in the house I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our daughter, yeah. And your daughter. I'm sorry. Yeah, that so was they, silly. They live in the house I That's grew your up daughter. in in Sacramento. So when my boys, who are, you know, 38 okay. and 40, asked me, hey, how'd you meet this woman, you know? I told them, I said, well, you know, we grew up together if you took a baseball and threw it from your mom's driveway towards your grammar school that would land on her roof. <laughs> so that's how close we lived to each other. So I knew her from her. Yeah. Was yeah. she a, was she a tomboy? Deborah Deborah looks to me like she might have been no, a not little at all. bit of a tomboy but hiding no, it she because it was the fifties. No. no? So there was what? Back in the 50s, you had like, what, three categories you could be in? What, tomboy, (laughs) sub-deb? She was was kind of like uh, prissy. Yeah, sub-deb, yeah. It'd be a sub-deb. Yep. Yeah. I love Deborah. You and her both have the exact same glimmer and smile in your eyes and mouth. Like when you smile, both of you show (laughs) that there's a whole lot more there. And there's something, I don't know what that look is. I can't like define it in life, but it exists. Uh, And you both have it. 
It's a charisma. It's a charisma quality 10. If you're playing <laughs> fucking Dungeons and Dragons, I, I don't know shit about Dungeons and Dragons, but I know what you and oh, Debbie got are both you. like charisma quality 10s. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, we met at a high school reunion. Oh, that does my heart well. We met at a high school reunion, and that was that. So you yeah. both were, yeah. you had been single for a bit. So had she. Yeah, widowed She'd been widowed uh, uh, widow for so, a bit. Seven years. She's, she's an artist yeah. lover. Her last lover artist. was an artist. Her daughter's an artist. You know, Ian's Yeah, an he's a quiet artist. In his own, like, verklempt. Yeah, he, he's an art appreciator. He's an artist, certainly. Um. Yeah, really when good. it comes to and words, comes he's pretty fucking good. Great wordsmith, and then yeah. he's also a great. Uh, he can make a great drink. Oh man, he's an artist at the bar. Can he? Uh, I got a I got a tip down there. I go down to my buddy Jim uh, Jim DeSantis's house on her occasion out Drift Creek. I just got a tip down there driveway. I forget what the no, number no, is. Though. I don't even know. But don't tell it on the internet. <laughs> There yeah, this where That's the right. it's exactly. all downhill from there. Yeah, yeah, I really love her juxtaposition of yeah, color. Rachel's, uh, really Rachel. cool. Rachel's, Rachel's funny. I painted that. Her juxtaposition on her art. Yeah, she's painted some pretty bold phenomenal. pieces. We have a couple of hers that are really just wham. Yeah, like I think she did a giraffe oh, on a yeah. like a cobalt blue once. Yeah, cobalt blue background and a giraffe, and it was nice. just so beautiful. Yeah. Hey, have you ever talked to somebody and thought that sure. maybe you found a new really good friend? Like, yeah, I have a lot of best friends. Like best friends, like every time they're with me, they're my best friend. You know what I'm saying? I have a lot of them. I think pod allows you there to you have go. like, yeah, this is the pin ultimate right now. And this is the person that oh, I love well, right you, now. Gary. Yeah. I, and Bob, right now, I love you. And I want, I want the oh, world cool. to love you. So I'm going to Twitter out this episode and I'm going to ask everybody to share this episode and we're gonna we're gonna make things happen, Bob. You got a you got some friends do. down in Sacramento on your Facebook page. I imagine. Of course. Yeah. Do you love I those friends? Know they do. Do they love you? Hell yeah. Do you think they'd love to share this with their shall friends? Be. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, shall be. Amen. <laughs> I gotta say amen because I just felt felt so fucking right right there. I'm building, it and you built a business, yeah, so to, uh, it's so hard, isn't it? Build anything, uh, uh, you know, from a start is tough. Just got to stay with it and work hard and to the grindstone. And yeah. Let me ask you something. When your dad passed away yeah. and you took over the business. It was really bizarre. What the fuck? That's hard. Because, yeah, he... I. I really thought he'd live to be a hundred and, uh, 
I mean, even though he he was not well, I still thought he'd live to be a hundred. He had the energy and life force of a man oh, yeah, bigger that for sure. than so the he, life he lived. He, uh, I had mm-hmm. hounded him from the moment I started working there about well, working conditions, about employees, benefits, about pay, about, you know, everything. I was kind of like the, well, yeah, and I was kind of. He was a penny pincher. He was old school. Depression yeah, Yugoslavia. And. And Polish, yeah, Montenegrin, Polish, even worse, Yugoslavian. Yeah, just got like this kind of well, you know, cost, he, get what his, you can from uh, the other guy. His thing. parents, it's an interesting story. My grandparents, his father was from Montenegro, and his mother was from Croatia. Mm-hmm. Now. They have birds in Croatia, just like in my backyard, which is where I am. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's an okay bring, don't you? It's yeah. Let's bring that to the room. There will be some traffic in the background. If you can just ignore that, or just let it go, that's the best take. Because, yeah, I'm not going to do pure pure audio. I think we've all been spoiled. Yeah, but so my grandparents came from different different countries yeah. really in the different tribes Croatia Montenegro and where else in in you know mm. there mm. they would have killed each other <laughs> or their families would have but having mm-hmm. met in Napa you know in, in California right right yeah they met uh, in Napa California I think he was a cook picking grapes or what and I don't know what she was doing uh-huh. Uh probably for the at a restaurant in the field, something like that. Cause he, he... Yeah, yeah. Napa. That's such a small valley to have such a, a renowned oh, yeah, gorgeous place. Kind of man, you know man. reference in the wine world. It's oh, it is beautiful. Cool. I worked there at a boys' school for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the boys' school. I forget. Yeah, I, I, I don't even remember the name of it. Life leaves us. Do you, have you found that that like some things that you just yeah, don't yeah you know for memory years yeah, aren't even a thing a anymore about that before, but part of my uh, mem you know people when I lived in Sacramento uh, I was known to just remember everything about Sacramento and all the address everything and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that were tied to it, and all since the people. Then I noticed that it it's mm-hmm. it's going away. You know that whole unused chunk of image memory reinforcements vaporizing. That that chunk of memory is just fading because I'm not getting any more reinforcement of it. It's very interesting to me. I mean, I pick up you know new new stuff here uh, visually and but but it, it's interesting to see how it does go away it leaves it just yeah yeah portland is quite a different right. city than when i moved first here first like that whole right. uh waterfront where ohsu is that wasn't there. And you could actually come around that corner on the Twilliger Curves after the Twilliger Curves wow. and see Mount, uh, Mount St. Helens. Wow. And yeah. now 
there's all those buildings there. So you lose something. And this is where I'm, this brutalist architecture stuff kind of gets to me. And it's funny because when you were talking about the King Stadium rebuild, I was thinking about all the prints that were coming into your shop. And I don't know if they came into your shop, but I was thinking, God, that's a good contract. And then you mentioned the prisons. I'm like, holy shit, that's not even yeah, a contract. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was so gone out of the business by the time the Kings made that uh, new expansion. I have no idea. I'm sure my old company printed them. They were still pretty, pretty dominant. Yeah, well, I imagine you were pretty connected yeah, with the situation there. They would have been the guys. I mean, if they came within bid, uh, you guys could probably add 20% no, within that, bid with, with your connections. Yeah. Anytime you were competing, it was, it, unless you were getting a... You're talking to accountants. No, we still, we did you met uh, at, at dinner yeah, on we Thursday. We had a margin built in, but that, that was... Uh, they were pretty slim. Some of them were really slim. The the prisons one, it was a stroke of luck that. So, how hard is it to keep your margins in line when you're um... <laughs> high? <laughs> well, luckily, my spoke uh, <laughs> week. Yeah, luckily I. I mean, you're kind of like yeah, controllers. You know, if I was too stupid, they'd say, "Wow, that was really stupid. We can't do that." No, I, I, I never came up with ideas that were that harebrained. I don't think, you know, I don't recall. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. People assume a lot about pot, and there, there's a lot of it that is true. Like the assumptions, like if you, I, I think if you start smoking way too young, you're 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 not as sharp as if you start later. I would because it I gives you a little that. too much lasse yeah, for the real world. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'll do whatever. Whatever. You know, it gives you a little too much lasse fare. Um, and then there's doing it too often which I'm working uh, yeah. on now because I've never had it so available. And there's a degree of productivity that comes True. only in spurts with it if you do it too often. So there's things to know. It's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to get high <laughs> to do this or do you want to not be high to do this? These are questions That's that you need to true. ask yourself. You know? Uh, it is. It, it's good questions to ask yourself because you yeah, know. If I'm going, if I'm going to um, be uh, physically cutting out images from art books with an exacto knife, I don't want to be high. <laughs> if I'm cutting mm -hmm. out the same exact image on a computer, I right. can be as high as a kite, and I'm safe. <laughs> Uh, but the other method, I could cut my finger off. Right, you can always, you can always, yeah. you yeah. can always, Just you know, alt, what it was, alt Z. Yeah. But back up. That not that amazing? Yes. Like the whole world now, mm -hmm. it has a redo. 
in terms of the digital reality. You can be like, oh, let me fuck with this for a bit. Nope, that was bad 16 steps into it. It didn't go where I wanted it to go. Delete, delete, you know, Alt-7, Alt-Z, Alt-Z. Is it Alt-Z? Yeah. Control-Z, Control-Z, Control-Z. And you can go back 16 steps, and you're back to where you had your original inclination. Redo. A redo. Is that is that real? Uh-oh. That's not. That's not real. That's not no. real. Here now, reality. When you're actually dealing with real humans, and you're dealing in, a, in a, you know, in a three D no, environment, that's the cool you don't get to control art. Z. Life's control Z. <laughs> you know, well, I, that, well, just yeah. If you don't like it, start over. Hide it, or don't do it, or redo it. Yeah. You do it. Yeah, you go yeah. back to where you started and yeah. then do it differently from there. Yeah. Whoops. Or just cut that and go, God, I was on the wrong path. Yeah. Oh. Whoops. Numerous you had whoopsies. one of those. That's what you're talking about. But... Yeah, we all do. I mean, if you're going well, to yeah, adventure, of the... aren't you going aren't I mean, you like supposed some to? Some of my best pieces originated from mistakes, just shit that I did, and I went, what the hell? And uh, yeah, these pieces right now that I'm doing really well with that Lunaria or origin of a mistake. Have I mentioned I love the Lunaria? Lunaria is a art space in Oregon, in Silverton, Oregon. It is a space devised and created by artists. It is a cooperative space. Every member of the space uh, will give time once a month or twice a month, depending on you know what they can give That's to right. the space to keep it That's as right. a retail it's really, business. It's been in business 20 years. To keep it open. The, this is our 25th year? Yes. They are the originators of yeah, First all, Friday. First Friday Gerard started our, with Lunaria. Both involved in that pretty. Yes. Yep. Ann Altman, Teresa Sherrar, uh, Lisa. What's Lisa's last name? Uh, I don't know Lisa's last name. Um, there were several several artists, and and we would have these openings on Friday. And everybody would hang out and we would drink wine and we'd eat snacks and we would just do art talk. And it was fucking beautiful and it was amazing and it was lovely. And, you know, then after the art show closed, we would all kind of go somewhere else in town. And the other yeah. people in town, the businesses were like, oh, this is happening. These people are out. So Silverton prior to First Friday was a dead town <laughs> when you went into any yeah. bar it was a yeah. man bar it was a man bar and there was only <laughs> beer sold and all you were was a man when you were there and if anybody walked in you, you didn't know you would stop the fucking music with a screeching guy everybody would look at you yeah silverton was man full of just man there. bars no women allowed Fuck you. you! You don't go. you don't need to know what that I'm not really funny. doing with my life. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm serious. I walked into a few Silverton bars when I first started here, especially Max. Max Place was the worst yeah, Deb fucking told me place that too. in Deb the world to walk into room. and yeah. feel welcomed. Oh, there was a cart. Not in back. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, right under the stairs. Yeah. So you've been to Max Place. You probably sat at that table right uh-huh. under the stairs. So under the stairs was a card room. On the other side where the exit is and those other, those other tables outside the bathrooms, that was a taxi. Those bathrooms weren't there. The bathrooms <laughs> were in the back because they fucking dumped into the river. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's old school, man. I mean, but it, it all came together. And I got I to gotta give a shout out to my brother, Glenn. Glenn oh. fucking cleaned that fucking place up. He gave it life. He gave it energy. So the first guy that took it over was Bones. Um, I think he's, he calls himself Bones, but he's, he's like this old guy. He's got, he had money and he put money into the bar uh-huh. and he, he owns oh, the building okay. still. Right. Yeah, yeah. His name's Bones. I, you can get more information on him. Anyway, um, so Glenn had already proved himself through the nickel. Now the nickel, when he right. bought the nickel, the nickel was a biker. And this is bar, your brother, and nobody oh, else I'm could sorry. fucking be there. Glenn. No, 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 no. Okay. This is Glenn. Well, Glenn's a, Glenn's a brother in another way. But yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. We we me and me and Glenn, we got some history. We we got some love. But anyway, he took that Whoa. bar over, and it was a Gypsy Joker biker right. bar, the wooden nickel, right? And he started just fucking busting it up. This ain't your bar. This is my bar. I bought this bar. And they're like, fuck you. It's our bar. And he's like, fuck you. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn's a baller. That's a story right there. (laughs) Glenn's a baller. Yeah. No, no. Glenn, 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 Glenn got some shit. And so he fucking cleaned that bar up and made it into a destination location because he started serving the best fucking food. You know, he, he knows what people want. They want really good carbs, really good <laughs> maybe. meat, and some vegetables, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. And so he sure. gave it, and he gives it big. You've been out to the nickel. Nickel gives it right. Nickel gives it fucking right, man. Yeah. And it's old school right. But you know, yeah, I have not. You ever had prime rib out there on a Saturday night? I, I think it's Saturday or Friday, maybe Sunday. You I don't know. Have... Find out, find out the wooden nickels prime rib night and go out there. Yeah, go go do it. Yeah, yeah, oh, good. man, that's the only way to go. Yeah, you like an in cut with all the seasonings I, and the smoke, I'm or do you cut. like an inside cut with all the rareness oh, yeah. and some horseradish? That's right. You're an in-cut guy. There's only two of those, you know. You're a selfish motherfucker, Bob. Story of my life. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So when you start thinking yeah. about the cutting of a beef, right? There's only two filet yeah. mignons. 
give me and for you to be the guy. I just give me a filet mignon. Yeah, you're kind of a dick. (laughs) I deserve it. I'm better than everybody else. I'm the best. (laughs) I use crest. My teeth are wide. I'm better than everybody else. I'm better. 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 Just be better. Yeah. Be best. Yeah. Just be the best. Uh, Why is that so laughable? It yeah, shouldn't be. Just, it should actually I'm be a sorry, good tagline, but, but she fucking stole it. The cunt. You well. You did. Did I call her a cunt what, on what? like a, a broadcast? I did. This is a broadcast. This is a this right. is a broadcast going out into the world. Non targeted. Yeah. But he has no power because he's fucking yeah. losing right now. Yeah. He is wow. so we, losing right now. Turn off the White House lights. Fucking back, back creepy. the bad guys. Tell governors to fucking be fucking yeah. Nazis. What a creep. Fuck off. Get the fuck out. I'm done. And this show has never been about politics. But right now, whew, it's hard to not be right now on that, though. And that's the hard thing. And I've been trying to well, like, yeah, do this I've without politics. Keep politics out of my heart. And, and it's... It's harder by the minute, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems to be the context from which everybody references, and that's been my challenge on Twitter. It's like I'm trying to build like an art, like thinking community. Yeah. Like, let's open up. Let's not, kind of think. Not let's have talk. Made something artistic. Let's dialogue uh, from his, you know, bleach and uh, infrared ray comments. <laughs> That was like, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I actually here's the weird thing, Bob. Here's here's how my mind works. I'm I think I'm maybe like Donald Trump a little bit. Is when I heard the infrared rays like kill it, I was like, can't they just send a tube of LEDs down into your lungs and kill it? You know, that's me. That's my brain. My brain's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of semi-scientific, like not uh, scientific at all. Well, but um, I, that's how semi I am. But I, but I yeah, think but in still, those terms, sometimes Lysol you know, like a flat earther might or bleed. <laughs> no, but I might breathe it you're in, going in deeply. Old, you're going back to the old mimeograms, <laughs> man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, maybe that would be. Yeah. Mimeograph. Yeah. Mimeograph. Yeah. Yeah, I Bob, do. Bob, you got to get out of your house. Come, come see my yard. We can stay away from each other. Yeah, let's do it. How's tomorrow? Tomorrow son? I'm playing. I, I just got a message. I got nothing. I'm unemployed. A, a mean uh, game of uh, Yahtzee on Zoom. Doing nothing. Yeah, what time is that? We're going to other than that. So, what time is the Zoom meeting? Uh-huh. Yeah, Yahtzee. <laughs> Yahtzee is a good game. I should Zoom my well, wife see, my on Yahtzee. She's downstairs. I'm upstairs. Tuesday for, for God, 10 years probably. You know, 
Oh, I'm. You know what? You're making me feel weak. I feel like I haven't gotten yeah, together but, with my, know, daughter my daughter on any annual basis. Uh, other know, than she's like got Down She lives with her mom. She she just really looked forward to spending with me. What's that? Oh, she lives. And she likes Yahtzee. Games. You know, she lives. She graduated and high she likes school. Yahtzee? She's she's pretty with it. Very yeah, very high functioning. Yeah, pretty pretty yeah, high functioning. Uh, uh, down syndrome. God, I have always great I've never met a nope. Down syndrome person I haven't just fallen in love with. Yeah. Oh my God. They're like we should be, but we wouldn't get anything done. But we would be a 